Alright, I'm going with the fade today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Welcome in. My name is Matt Rury. This is Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. A little smooth jazz for you. A little earlier in the week than normal. My co-host, as normal, as usual, Mr. Calvin Chamberlain. What's up, Calvin? What is going on? So, yeah, we are here a little early this week. Uh, we unfortunately aren't having a show tomorrow. We have some previous engagements we have to take care of. But um, we, we thought we'd be remiss if we didn't do a, a short show uh, predicting the second round of the playoffs. Just so at, after I go 4-0 in this round, as I went 8-0 in the last round, I can, I can brag. I can have this little moment at the start of a show a couple weeks from now talking about how awesome I am. As usual, the disclaimer on this one is that we, we know that there are two series that are up, uh, that teams are up 1-0 each, and we'll get into those as well as we go along. So we know those those series have already started out the way, well, we'll see if it's the way that we expected them to. Uh, but there are also a couple of other games tonight, and the first one starts in about 20 minutes from the time that we are recording this podcast here for you on CLNS Radio. Uh, so we're doing this bef- without knowing anything about those other two two games, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, CLNS Radio is on Twitter, at CLNS Radio. Of course, hit us up over there. Hit me up on Twitter as well, if you'd like, at Team Green Truth. And uh, you can find this Careless Whispers podcast on Facebook, and CLNS Radio is also on Facebook. So head over to CLNSRadio.com slash Facebook if you're not friends with us already. Um, as always, these shows, podcasts on CLNS Radio, all the great content here is brought to you by Peak Brewing, a wonderful organic beer company. They brew some great stuff. They have excellent ingredients. They're from Portland, Maine, but they ship their stuff all the way out to California, so Calvin can get in on it too. Uh, go to facebook.com slash peakbrewing or find them on Instagram and Twitter at peakbrewing. And, of course, we're also brought to you by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com. If you haven't gotten your free trial yet, I'm not sure why you're, you're waiting. Go to lynda.com slash CLNS and get that free trial, and uh, you'll, you'll learn something. I promise you that. That's lynda.com slash CLNS, L-Y-N-D-A. All right, let's get into this thing. Uh, since we're only going to be here for a, a short time, this is going to be problem, maybe one of the shortest Careless Whispers episodes of all time. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But first, Calvin, let's let's start in the West this time. We'll go backwards. And let's start with uh, the game that's later tonight. How about that? The three-seed Clippers get past the Spurs in, in Game 7, and uh, they go to Houston to take on the Rockets, who... I'm looking at the series against Dallas, uh, they had a, a pretty easy time of it, but I think a lot of that has to do with the first couple of games in that series, Dallas not really being themselves, uh, and that has to, something to do with Rajon Rondo. So regardless of what happened in the first round here, how do you feel about uh, your Los Angeles Clippers? Hmm. Well, this it's funny that you're starting with the series, really, because this one is the toughest for me to pick. I don't know if... If you you have a clear favorite, maybe you think the Clippers are a clear favorite in this series. I don't. I think this series is going to be how I think that Dwight Howard, you know, the way that he's played in the playoffs, like DeAndre Jordan, great help defender, not a great 
uh, not a great defender when with a guy playing right at him. I think they're going to do a lot of pick and rolls with Dwight. He'll go off. They don't really have anybody to match up with James Harden. I mean, you know, Matt Barnes, okay, but Matt Barnes is not a, a shutdown defender in the mold of, like, a Kawhi Leonard or, you know, somebody of that ilk. Uh, granted, you know, the, the um, on the other hand, uh, without Patrick Beverly out there, the Rockets don't really have anyone out there to guard Chris Paul. But Chris Paul's also not the type of player that's going to put up, you know, 40 points on the rig, whereas James Harden might average 40 points for the series. That being said, obviously, you know, you can, you can make an argument that the two best players in the series are Paul and Griffin, although I think Harden would have something to say about that. But I don't know. I, I, you talk for a minute while I think about this for Wow, Calvin doesn't know. He doesn't. He just doesn't even know. I, I was even getting know. ready to. I was getting ready to give you that drum roll, and you weren't. You, you're not coming with anything right there. So I'll, I will talk for a second here. Maybe I'll convince you of something. Yeah, make an argument for me. Well, there is no clear-cut favorite. I think that Houston needs to be favored for what something that you just said. They have the most prolific scorer in the series. They have the guy that's the most difficult to stop on offense, and when it comes down to it. I think both of these teams are going to be pretty good defensively, but as we saw in the Celtics and Cavs series, when you have somebody that is unstoppable when he wants to be unstoppable, that team tends to have the advantage. So with every, if everything else is equal in this series, which I tend to believe it, it kind of is, I think DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard are going to sort of wash each other out. I think Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin is probably going to have a pretty good series. Uh, but on the other side, Houston does have a few guys that they can just throw at him, whether it be Terrence Jones or uh, – actually, that's the one guy that I'm looking at to match up with, with Blake. But they have other guys that they can throw at Blake Griffin. And while I think he'll have a good series, it's not going to be a game-changing series. He's not going to be the number one player in this series. I'm still looking at James Harden to take over and be that guy. So as long as, as he's healthy and right, uh, I would say Houston should have an edge in this one, but I think it's going seven. I'm going to pick Houston at home in seven. Can I briefly talk about the uh, the, the hack of defense? I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, but it it seems like there's this movement. Lately. I hate it. Uh, yeah, there, there's this movement lately that like the that says that uh, that Silver needs to do something to get rid of it, and they need to change the rules next year. Are you on you on board with that philosophy? I'm on board with changing the rules a little bit. I mean, I understand why why coaches do it, and actually, it's since it's a loophole that you can use, and it's not written in the rules aside from the last few minutes of a game or half, whatever it may be. It's good strategy at times. Brad Stevens used it uh, to his advantage, and then uh, Tristan Thompson also burned him a couple times, especially in that playoff series. Um, but he, throughout the regular season, he used it to his advantage. I still don't like it. I think it slows the game down. I think it. it it is kind of a just a cheap way to, to get a couple points, and I, I feel like a team doing that is, is it's kind of a desperation type of move, and they're just trying to – I mean, I, while you should try and get every single point and advantage that you can, it just seems a little desperate to be doing that. Now, I don't consider Greg Popovich to be desperate. I consider him to be smart, but he's also not doing it when his team is down 10 or 12 points trying to – claw back that way so um long-winded answers turn short they need to change something about this rule and 
I mean, I I think that guys should be better at f- shooting free throws in general in the NBA, but I don't think they should be just singled out and have the game interrupted every 30 to 40 seconds because they get they don't have the ball and they're way off the play and somebody fouls them. See, I'm I'm going the other way on this, which is that I don't think that the rule needs to be changed. Not because I'm of the guy where the guys should just make the free throws, but more importantly, it doesn't actually work. We're, I don't understand why, why do coaches continue to do this? I, I, Greg Popovich, you know, all the respect to you, all the respect in the world to you, Greg Popovich. But every time, every time the Spurs went to the hack at DeAndre, it slowed the game down. It made it more difficult for the Spurs. It, it, it allows the defense to set itself. When you do it at home, it completely takes the crowd away. If he hits one or two, it like gives the other team crazy momentum. Like you, in in order to to have it be effective consistently, a free throw shooter has to hit like forty percent or below on his free throws. And most guys right. in that situation aren't going to do it. And again, that still doesn't take account for the fact that it completely takes away your transition game. That it, it it you you get a slightly better offensive rebound rate when you're shooting free throws, because the guy shooting the free throw can get back and boxing out is more difficult in that situation. It never works. The, the, the Spurs did it to the Clippers in game six. They were up 10 points. They started doing it, and all of a sudden, at halftime, the Clippers were just right back into that game. I don't understand why teams do it, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like a just psychological ploy that doesn't actually psych anybody out. So, I mean, I've seen in small doses that it works, but if you do it over and over again, you have to imagine it's going to catch up with you. At some point, the the, the guy you're fouling is going to start making some free throws here and there, and it's not going to be effective. And the other thing is that it gets your guys in foul trouble. Which the earlier you do it, Tim Pavich is doing right. it in the first quarter. Tim Duncan had three fouls at the half because he committed a foul. Uh, guys make mistakes because then they're like trying to decide which one fouls, so they give up fast break buckets that don't get factored in. You know what I mean? Because uh, these guys are trying to foul and instead they're not they're not focusing on defense. Like the entire thing, it, it takes everybody's mind off of basketball. Meanwhile, the other team on the other end can just still play their normal game and they have a chance to get set every time. I feel like it it works occasionally, but again, if you look at if you look at the record and like whether or not it, it moves your team closer, the, like the the statistical facts say that it doesn't work. Now NBA coaches will say, well, it has you know an unreadable effect or. Or whatever, but I, I don't see it. I don't see teams, especially a guy like DeAndre, who knows it's coming. Maybe if it's like somebody who's out there who doesn't expect it, you can blitz him with it once or twice. But like once somebody knows it's coming, what's the psychological effect? All of that is to say that these two teams are, are both full of guys. Well, the, the Rockets are full of guys. The Clippers are full of you know one guy who you know in the past have have gotten hacked in, in both. Basically, in both of their first-round series, they had to hack a player. And what a surprise. Both of these teams are on to the second round. So I don't expect it to happen as much, Hope just because both teams have no. guys. So hopefully this is a great right. series. The Clippers won't yeah, do I don't that. think the Clippers will. I don't think the Rockets will either. So I, I do think it'll be a cleaner series. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what that means for, for James Harden and how many fouls you know, he gets called. It, it, that, to me, is what it comes down to. Like, how is this game going to be called? How how ticky tack is it going to be? I think that I also am going to pick the Rockets in seven after after much debate. Yeah. I, All right, yeah, there it I is. This, we both have the Rockets in seven. Uh, All right. Well, I'm off to a good start then. If you, if your uh, first round record is any indication. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to the Eastern Conference series that's going on tonight, which actually I got the time wrong on. I now see the ad on the side of uh, of the website that I'm looking at here. They started 20 minutes ago, not 20 minutes from when this show started. So while we don't, we still don't know what's going on with that game, uh, it is the Bulls and the Cavs. And I said this after Kevin Love went down. I said it even before Kevin Love went down. I think Chicago is a good enough team, and they are healthy enough at the end of the season to give the Cavs a run in this series. So now that Kevin Love is officially out, I think Chicago is going to take this one, and I think they're going to do it in six games. And I think Cleveland's not going to know what hit him. And Chicago is just going to be the better team throughout the series. I feel like they they have a player in Derrick Rose who is getting back towards his superstar status that he had a few years ago. And while he's not quite at that level yet, he's definitely showing flashes of it. And that's a good thing for Chicago because that takes a little bit of pressure off of a guy like Jimmy Butler who will get his as well. Uh, I just think that Chicago's the tougher team and I'm just I'm going with them to knock Cleveland off in this one. Six games, Calvin. Just just like that. Here's what it comes down to for me. It's I, I, I want to believe you, right? I want that to be the case. I would like for Chicago to beat Cleveland. And I think if I think if their front court was healthier, then I, I could believe that Chicago could beat Cleveland. But um, my thought is that like Okay, Joe, Joe Kim Noah looks like he's hobbling around out there. Like, for the, for the Bulls to win this series, they're going to, A, have to punish the Cavaliers on the glass because you know the Cavs are going to go small. They're going to put LeBron at, at power forward. So the Bulls are going to have to get crazy offensive rebounds. But, like, the, the Cavs still have Mozgov and Thompson. They'll play one of those two guys. If Noah's not at 100% health, then it's like Pau Gasol, he's been terrible this year on the boards. I don't you – know, and then, you know, Todd Gibson also hurt. I just don't know if their front court is healthy enough to take advantage of what should be an advantage on that end, particularly, again, with Thompson and Mozgov sort of switching off and it both being healthier and being better at, you know, both being better right now defensively because of the way those two guys are playing well, and also possibly on the board. Because the only way... Just okay. quickly, quickly, I'm going to disagree with you because I think that this is the type of series where a guy like Mozgov is going to get exposed uh, where he dominated the Celtics and he had a really good series against them, I don't think it's going to be nearly as, as easy for him against Noah and Gibson uh, and even Miritich. So I just think it's it's going to be difficult for Mozgov to get what he got in the first round. Uh, and without that, it takes away a, a whole piece that we saw Cleveland use in that first round to their advantage. And I just, I don't know, I don't think that, He's going to be that much of a factor. Yeah, I just I I feel like uh, Cleveland's going to end up leaving Chicago, leaving Noah and leaving Gibson open on the perimeter for jumpers. Uh, you can't really play Gasol and Miritich together, you know, with uh, without one of those other two guys because you'll get burned. You can try Miritich a, a little bit at the three, but he can't really guard LeBron, so he's best as a stretch four. But you, again, you need a defensive guy with him. I, I don't think Noah right now is playing well enough to again to score from the perimeter. He's not scoring inside on those guys. I just I feel like as of right now the the matchup is difficult unless unless Rose and Butler can go off. You know Kyrie Irving is he's a better defender than people think, but he's still only basically an average defender. If Rose, I, I think that that's what the series comes down to for me. 
if Derrick Rose can be the Derrick Rose that he was in, you know, the wins that the Bulls had in that series against Milwaukee, then they have a chance. If he's a Derrick Rose that he was in the losses, then they have no chance to win. He's going to basically, Rose is going to have to outplay Kyrie Irving. Just, just straight up outplay him for the Bulls to have a chance to win the series. And I don't. Yeah, and that's going to be, that's going to be something that, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, that's going to be something that is very difficult, the way that Irving has been playing. And like I said, Rose is starting to show flashes of getting back to where he was a few years ago, but he needs to play that way in this round throughout the whole round, throughout the whole series, if they're going to have a chance. And, I, I mean, I think he's going to be able to do it. Um, plus, I think Chicago has more weapons than, than just than just uh, Rose. And like I said, Butler earlier... I think he's going to get his, even though he's matched up with LeBron James at times. I think he's going to have a, a pretty good offensive series, unless LeBron just decides to clamp down on him. Well, the, um, the thing about Butler, though, and, and is not, you, you forget the fact that he's going to have to be spending most of his time guarding LeBron. He's also a guy who plays, you know, 47 minutes a game. So, I, yeah, he could go off, but I, I feel like his offense will suffer a bit just from the pure exhaustion of LeBron's physicality on the other end. Well, that that may be the case. It might suffer a little bit, but I still think he's going to be getting 15, 16 points a game in this series. Oh, yeah. No, that, um, <laughs> and, and that, to me, is a better a better option as not, – I'm not going to say a better option than, than Cleveland's number two, but it's definitely a better option than, than their number three. And after you get down to Noah, who I think is going to get like nine points a game, and Miritich, who's a double-figure point type of guy, I believe, in this series – and you start adding them up, I just feel like the Bulls as a team are going to look better, even though Cleveland uh, may have the top two players in – they definitely have – I would say they definitely have the top two players in the series. As much as I love Jimmy Butler, Irving's just been out of his mind. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to be enough for them because they have to find a way to play without Kevin Love now. And they – I just feel like Chicago is the, the more polished team – if you will, and I, I think that they're healthy enough to, to take this one. So I hope they I hope they find a way with uh, Cleveland as the home seed in this one, the home team in this one. They will have a game seven at home if it goes that far, but I think Chicago's going to take it before then. So, Well, I hope you're right. I just, I think that in, in the end, LeBron's going to just be, he's just going to be too much for them. I think that Kyrie, the combination of those two guys, even with J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith and Kevin Love being out definitely makes it a series. That could go either way. So I wouldn't be shocked if Chicago wins, but I'm, you know, I think it's going to be a tough series. But I, what I'm coming down to right now is Cleveland in seven. Just, I'm just going to stick with the LeBron factor. I, I think they make Cleveland in seven. There you have it. Calvin says Cleveland in seven. I say Chicago in six. <clears throat> All right. Before we move on to the next two series, we get to talk about DraftKings again, Calvin, but this is a new one because I'm not sure if you know this. They do golf, too. They do fantasy golf. Have you ever played fantasy golf no, before? No, how does that work? Well, I think you end up picking a, a couple golfers or a golfer that you think is going to do well in the tournament that's coming up, and uh, you will maybe win some money if, if you pick the right guy. Basically, listen to this. DraftKings.com crowned its first ever fantasy golf millionaire, so you can win a lot of money with this thing. Uh, they are America's favorite one-week fantasy golf site where you can win huge prizes every week during every tournament. So anytime these guys are stepping out on the course, you can 
have the potential to win some sweet cash. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com before they tee off on Thursday. So if you don't get it in by Wednesday night, you better get there really early Thursday morning. You know these guys are all out on the golf course before the sun comes up sometimes. You pick here, here's, the, here's the parameters, Calvin. You pick six golfers, and they give you a salary cap. You stay under that salary cap based on who the golfers are, of course. And uh, if you pick the, the best six golfers out of the people that you're going up against in a particular group, then you're going to win some money. So you can be an avid fan. You can just be trying to uh, get a new fantasy sport. DraftKings let you exper- lets you experience golf like never before and you could get a life-changing payday. These are the biggest one-week fantasy golf contests anywhere. It's at DraftKings. So hurry to DraftKings.com now, and your promo code is NEWENGLAND. You can play for free in the $100,000 fantasy golf contest that starts on Thursday. So, again, DraftKings.com. Use the promo code NEWENGLAND. First place takes home $10,000 in this tournament. Uh, For you, not the golfer. That's you. You take $10,000. Enter New England for free entry at DraftKings.com right now. That's DraftKings.com. And head over there now because we all know you want to cash in. Uh, Calvin, are you going to do it? I know you are. I'm in, man. I just got to get over the site. That's right. Get to the site. Pick some golfers. And now we move on to the other two series in this rapid-fire version of careless whispers. Uh, how long have we been going anyway? About 20 minutes. Nice. Yep. We're right on pace, I think. Uh, let's go back to the West since we did the West East, and let's just go back to the West again. Uh, this is the Warriors and the Grizzlies, and the MVP of the NBA is in this series. His team is already up one nothing. We know all of that. Does Memphis have a shot in this one? That's what it comes down to. Does Memphis really have a shot in this one? How far can they push Golden State? I just, I just feel like Golden State is starting to get ready to cruise here, Calvin. And, I mean, the Western Conference Finals will be difficult for them, but I'm just not sure that Memphis has the firepower to push them that, that far in this, in this round here. I don't have a, a pick just yet. I'll let you talk and do the same thing you did on the, the Clippers-Houston series because I'm not really sure what to make of this one, but I just have a gut instinct that the Warriors are going to roll. Look, I, I like Memphis normally because I, I, I like the fact that they're playing a different brand of basketball. You know, everyone's everyone's caught up in the space, uh, the pace and space theory, but the problem with the pace and space theory is they're, you know, the Warriors do it better than anyone else in the league because they have the best shooters in the league, so if, if you play the exact same style as them, how can you possibly match up with what they're doing? You know what I mean? The, the best way to combat a team that's, that's perfected in a certain style of basketball is to counter that with, you know, going at their weaknesses with your strength. I just think that, you know, right now, without without Mike Connolly, and even, you know, with Connolly coming back with a, with a damaged face, probably not playing 100%, I just don't see how they have enough firepower. They Not that they needed to turn themselves into a great three-point shooting team, but the the Jeff Green acquisition has bitten them right in the ass because he's been terrible off the bench. Vince Carter's kind of done. They got rid of Quincy Pondexter, who's who then sort of exploded as a as a bench player in New Orleans. They could use his perimeter shooting right now. So basically, like all they have, you know, are, is their starting five. And even then, it's like 
but Kufis is not what he used to be. I just don't think this team has the depth. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in depth, but they don't even have the the seven eight guys that you need. You yeah, know? you know what? Now that you now that you say that, this kind of feels to me like comparing Golden uh, Memphis to Golden State is like comparing Portland to Memphis in the last round. Right. Portland had pretty much no bench, and Memphis was the deeper team, and now it just flips because Memphis really doesn't have a whole lot, and Golden State has seven or eight guys that are really right. They just they felt like the deeper team last round because Portland had four guys. You know, that's that's why Memphis had six. Right now, Memphis has six, and the Warriors have nine. I just yeah, I just can't see them keep. You know, like Conley could keep up with Curry uh, to a degree, and. You know, Tony Allen could play Clay to a degree. If they if they had all their guys just in A form and they really had a bench killer, but like I said, Jeff Green. When you put Jeff Green out on the floor, like who does Jeff Green guard in this series? You, you can try to hide him on Harrison Barnes, but they can put whoever they want on him on the other end. I just yeah, I don't think that they have the firepower, particularly without Conley. And yeah, even even if he comes back. I just can't. I don't see how this is anything but uh, Warriors in five. Out of respect to the Grizzlies, I'll, I'll give them a game. I just I don't see how they match up right now. Yeah, this is this. I was definitely thinking five uh, games for the Warriors to win this series. But after your little discussion there and reminding me that Mike Conley is not going to be hundred percent in this series and won't play for the first couple games, I'm actually not sure if he's going to be back for game two or not. But uh, doesn't sound good for Memphis. Memphis. I'm not even going to give them a game. As much as I do like their style and their fans deserve a solid team down there because they get crazy, uh, I'm, I'm going with Golden State in another sweep. They are going to roll here. And then maybe they'll run into some trouble in the Western Conference Finals. We'll see about that when it comes down to it. But either way, looks like they're going to be there whether they lose that game to Memphis or more than a game to Memphis for that matter in this series or not. I can't imagine Memphis wins this series and Golden State is – on pace Quick to question. go to the Western Conference Finals. Go who, ahead. Who gives them a tougher matchup in the Western Conference Finals? The Rockets or the Clippers? Well, I think we just sort of talked about the fact that both of those teams are pretty similar uh, as far as their personnel is concerned, aside from the fact that James Harden is such a prolific scorer. So I think automatically Houston gives them the tougher matchup, but at the same time, I think Golden State uh, has players that can guard James Harden. I think even if you put Draymond Green on him at times, he can probably stay with him. And Clay Thompson is no slouch on defense. So I feel like Harden is going to have an easier time playing against the Clippers, which would mean that Houston's matchup with them is, is the better one, right? And if Harden can get is shut down by anybody on Golden State, then it, it would work out better for them. So I, I, I feel like I'm talking myself in circles here. Um, but... Houston should be the tougher matchup because of James Harden, even though they have players that can that can probably guard him. I, I just I feel like the Clippers, if they were to go up against Golden State, would just get run off the court. Whereas Houston has a guy that you would have to hone in on and, and focus on uh, if you're going to be able to beat them. Yeah, for me it's weird because I, I feel like the Clippers would actually give them a better matchup, just because. One, I feel like Chris Paul is so dirty that he he kind of gets in the Curry's head when they play each other, and he's really good at denying him the ball. Whereas mm. again, if the Rockets don't have Beverly, it's it just the, the style that they play. I don't think that James like. I don't think that 
that uh, Houston with granted Harden might be the best player in that series, but around him, I just don't think that the Rockets or, or that the the Warriors would give up as many three point shots as the Rockets normally see. Whereas like the Clippers, like Blake seems to play really well against the Warriors as well. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's just a it's a hypothetical situation. I guess we'll get to that next round. But even though right. I'm, we'll have to wait and I'm see. it's weird because I'm picking the Rockets to beat the Clippers based on that matchup, but I feel like the Clippers are a more difficult matchup for the Warriors, ironically. Anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure which side of the fence I lean on that one. I talked myself around in circles huh. too much. Uh, basically, I think both teams are very similar, and we're, you're going to see that in this series. And whichever one comes out of the Western Conference is going to be a tougher matchup than Golden State has seen uh, in the first two rounds. So that's, that's my assessment of that. Uh, and finally, we move over to the Eastern Conference, where the five-seeded Washington Wizards have gotten a game on the number one-seeded Atlanta Hawks, who are without uh, Thabo Cephalosha for the rest of the, the, of the uh, season due to that fractured leg that he suffered uh, being detained in New York City not too long ago, uh, so he's one of their. He was one of their better wing defenders, the the Hawks, uh, and it, that's kind of a big blow when you're playing a team like Washington. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean Washington has one of the best one, two, three punches in the playoffs right now. I mean Golden State is better, I would say, uh, but when when you go. John Wall, Bradley Beal, and I'm going to throw Paul Pierce in there the way he's been playing. That's a that's a pretty tough team to defend on the perimeter. Uh, obviously, it's not Kyrie Irving, but who else does Cleveland have? I mean, LeBron plays on the perimeter sometimes, but who's that third guy? J.R. Smith, and I wouldn't really throw him out there. I don't think he's that tough of a player. Kevin if you're going to look at over in Houston, we just talked about it, it's James Harden or Bust. And on the Clippers, it's basically Chris Paul or bust. So as far as the point guard, shooting guard, small forward combination is concerned, I'm looking at Washington as the toughest team to play on the perimeter right now. Uh, and it, it, they get weaker when you when you go down low with Gortat and Nene. But this team, Calvin, is, is this is this the typical or the prototypical sort of Take it easy in the regular season. Get a get into the playoffs, then make a push type of run. Are they gonna Are they gonna make something of this, or are they just looking good because Atlanta's kind of a smoke and mirrors type of team at this point? Well, they've been looking good because they they've completely changed the style they played throughout the regular season. Pierce is mostly playing four for them. I don't know if you realize that, but he's yeah he's been playing a small ball power forward, spacing the floor. They're playing Otto Porter a lot now. Where he really didn't. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he looks great. He, he's like a, a two-way player, defending and uh, being a, being a good offensive player. He's basically all of a sudden taking the role that Trevor Reza was playing. They're not playing Nene nearly as much, which helps because you know Nene tends to disappear for long stretches unless somebody makes him mad, and all of a sudden he can look dominant. And uh, hmm. some somehow Gortat's like down the down the He's playing well too. So, you know, the combination of all the things, it's, it's really making them dangerous. Uh, obviously, John Wall uh, now having more room to, to, you know, slice on the pick and roll and, and run his offense, kicking it to guys in the corner. Uh, that's what Bradley Beal is good at. I don't, 
I find Bradley Beal to be a little bit overrated overall as an NBA player just because mm. I I think he's not great up. Again, you know, I hate being one of those people to say not to toot my own horn because, frankly, I like tooting my own horn. I'm not, I'm not going to fake like I don't like tooting my own horn and then, and then say something nice about myself. But I, I actually do like saying nice things about myself. So I'm going to right now, which is that I said Atlanta was a flat, a bit of a flat during the regular season, and it's, it's born fruit. This team is not very deep. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, something's going on here. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I lost you for a little bit there, and it was all jumbled, but I was letting you power through it before uh, I jumped in. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the issue was there, but um, you can toot your own horn all you want. That's what this show's about, right? right? So exactly. you can get B4-0, and o and then you can brag again uh, next Tuesday or whenever the people listen here on CLNS Radio on the mobile app. I assume a lot of you out there have the mobile app if you don't have it yet. And you're listening on a some other way, and that's strange. I don't know how you're doing that because this was recorded. Uh, so I hope you're listening on the app. Tell your friends about the app. Go to clnsradio.com/iosfree and clnsradio.com/android for those Android devices. You can also get the app on uh, your iTunes and Google Play Store as well. Uh, Continue on with your thought here about the Hawks being a fraud because I think we're starting to, to see that while they did have a, a solid team throughout the regular season, they had a good approach to, to the long-winded season, and they were one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They've really been on the downhill slope, on a downward slope for the past few months, and uh, they don't really have that next-level superstar type of player to push them over the top in a playoff series. So I expect Washington to take this series as well. I will give Atlanta a couple games here. I think Washington will take it uh, in in six games on their home court. But uh, overall, they just seem to be the better team, and they're definitely playing better than Atlanta is in the playoffs. And uh, they've seemed to hit their stride. So while this is another situation, Calvin, where – they seem like they they might cruise through this thing or at least have an easier series than Cleveland or Chicago who gets through to the Eastern Conference Finals, just like in the West we seem to think that Golden State's going to have an easy time and it's going to be a long series for the Clippers in Houston. So we'll have to wait and see, but maybe Washington gets through relatively easier easy here and they have a rude awakening and uh, they have to play a team that's a lot tougher in the Eastern Conference Finals and that's their their downfall. Who knows? But I'm picking Washington to go through here. Yeah, what it comes down to for me is this, two things. One, I think that, you know, I like Jeff T. I like Schroeder. But Schroeder is the one who's too young. And Jeff T., I think that their, their point guards are not quite good enough to consistently, you know, break through the kind of ball pressure that's being put on point guards in the playoffs. I think John Wall will sort of eat him up alive a little bit. And the other thing is, is as much as I like Horford and Millsap, that lineup is going to be undersized against this Wizards team. Gortat is, is, again, going to be able to score at will on one of those two guys. They, they're going to struggle with rebounds. I feel like right now they're, they're working too hard to sort of run the offense 
Nick Corver, who's obviously a, a great shooter, but you're only going to be, he has to be your secondary option. You're only going to be able to find him for so many open shots a game. I also like Washington in six in this series, and I, I know it's easy to say after they won game one, but I was going to pick Washington anyway. All right. There you have it. That's the quick version here of Careless Whispers, NBA Playoffs Round 2 edition. We uh, we went for almost 40 minutes and uh, had a couple of quick discuss- discussions about the playoff series and sort of tailed off into some NBA Finals or some Conference Finals discussions briefly. Uh, if you enjoy listening to us here on the CLNS Radio mobile app and you like books, you like audible books, Head on over to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics and get that free audiobook from the world's biggest online library. And of course, if you don't have the Reached app yet, you can use that to discuss all of the Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox, and Bruins beat shows and all the discussions that are happening over the summer here. Go to reachedapp.com slash CLNS and download it for iOS or Google Play today. And uh, you can talk about whatever sports you want with those different shows and share all of the questions and answers across your social media pages. So head on over there, reachedapp.com slash CLNS. And Calvin, you know what? While you're at it, I know it's the Celtics off season, but if you're, if you're itching for some Celtics coverage, maybe some old school stuff, you got to check out what Jared Weiss does on the garden report. This is my favorite live read to talk about because it's the one that really hits home because he does a lot of good stuff over there. So over the summer, don't forget, people, youtube.com slash CLNS radio, and you can find all of Jared's wonderful work when he does the Garden Report with high-def locker room interviews and all that good stuff. Uh, Please subscribe to that because he deserves it. He does good, good stuff for us. Almost slipped there. All right, Calvin, you got anything else you want to throw out there as our sort of impromptu show comes to a close? Uh, Here we are. The Mayweather-Pacquiao fight happened. We will discuss that next week in detail on Careless Whispers. Anything else you want to tease? Uh, You know, obviously probably a lot more basketball talk. Uh, Curry got the MVP. Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. All right. Plenty of stuff to talk about. That's it for us, folks. Thank you for listening. And like I said earlier, hit CLNS Radio up on Twitter, at CLNS Radio. That's my way of stalling. Actually, I'd rather stall like this. There it is. I found it. I found the clip. Here we go. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Oh, yeah, that's Calvin's line. Sorry, bud. Hey, you got me the question there, bro. That's twice. I gotta, I gotta come up with something else. I gotta be more original. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling original.